Hey, everybody. Hey, Hannah. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to week three of Hot D. Woo! You might tell there's a little bit more of a spring in our step these days. At least just since Sunday night. I, de- I definitely feel a bit more of a spring in my step. Because we're having a good time. Real good time. Somebody asked me this week, is doing the podcast a lot of work? Like, mm. do you have fun watching House of the Dragon or is it just work? Mm. And I was like, thankfully, it's fun. <laughs> if this season sucked, then maybe it would feel like work. But rewatching that episode just now, incredible experience. So such a good on time. go number two, what's what's the feelings? What's the vibe? I think with the same way we felt on Sunday night. Wouldn't you agree? We were watching episode three. We were LOLing at multiple points, laughing out loud at Stuff multiple points in this seen. episode. It was it it held up on the rewatch, mm. and there's there was fucking politicking. Yeah, no, <laughs> there was a lot of conversation this week about this being one of the best episodes of just of Game of Thrones period, and I think that that continues. That it held up this week. It was such a, an amazing episode. I think even on the rewatch, I liked it even more than episode one, which I was really living for. What about in your personal life? How are people talking about it? People Same you know thing. that like Hot D People and that I know that like House of the Dragon are all pretty still excited and on board. I think people are sold into it. And it's not just a, oh, we're a big fan of the world of A Song of Ice and Fire. And so... Or like us wishing it'll happen. Exactly. No. From the vibe I'm getting from people in my life talking, everybody is really loving it and enjoying it and is along for the ride at this point. I mean, we're three episodes deep. We're not in the trial period anymore we're almost halfway through and so that's all the feedback i'm hearing this is fun yeah episode three would be a a good sort of indicator of are we capping off the trial period it's funny it makes me think about something that ryan condal uh one of the showrunners or i guess the the showrunner moving forward and writer of the show co-creator with george just in case anybody hasn't listened to our podcast episodes (laughs) up until this moment Um, he said something in this uh, in his uh, inside the episode portion after the episode where he said this is a, like an awakening and a transition sort mm-hmm. of for Rhaenyra, for Viserys, and for Damon, and uh, it's it, it kind of fits a neat little procession of if you were to break the ep- the season into chunks, this would be I guess the end of chunk one. We've been introduced to the conflict, to the characters, to their situations and their own desires and stressors and now we get to move on into the real meat of it i guess is kind of what i got from him saying that as well the crab feeder's dead alicent her relationship with viserys has kind of been addressed it seems Mm -hmm. like they haven't really addressed it judging by that final conversation that viserys and rhaenyra had where he confirmed to Rhaenyra that he married Allison because he wanted to, mm-hmm. because he likes her. Right. For pleasure. Right. For someone, marry someone that you like, he said, as I did. He gives her that look after lecturing her for what seems to be years about getting married because it's her job and her station. He finally cracks a little and they have that human conversation. But I liked what they also said in the after the episode. They talked about how. We never watch those after the first. It's watch. helpful. It's it might, helpful. It's I'm like, full maybe of information. We yeah. When I saw it, I was like, oh, well, <laughs> you guys should do a podcast about this. And they talk about the time jump and how we're supposed to fill in the gaps 
I they said something along the lines of we trust the audience to fill in the gaps, which I think to is to assume what happened in that couple year period. Great. I think the jump, as mm-hmm. we talked about, they seem nervous about it. Went though. well. Well, it's a risk. Point, it's a yeah, risk. They seem nervous. They start off right off the gate. We're going to tell you that yes, there is a time jump, and we know that that's sometimes wiggly for folks. It's a risk to throw in that amount of time without making it feel rushed or cliche. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot yeah, too. It wasn't and I, just okay. I liked that. The way they did it. We really got to see the effects of Rhaenyra brooding for time on time on end, being mm-hmm. continued to be left out of conversations. We get to see how Allison and Viserys' relationship has really grown and blossomed. I mean, obviously they have a kid and the second one's on the way. Mm-hmm. We get to see a lot of the tension between Rhaenyra and Allison, specifically from Rhaenyra's side. Mm-hmm. We get to see the relationship that Kristen and... Rainer have I'm sorry, who? <laughs> I'm not going to call him by that weird okay. nickname that you want to call him. <laughs> I think the time jump worked really well, and I like the, hey, we're trying to do something cool here, so we need you to play along Be with the us. the princess of the kingdom. He, like, gestures around. Right. So I think they did a really good job of that. And so Damon, he, part of his turnover is, um, I have to fight someone who's hard to mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. Not just a weak beggar mm-hmm. in the street, mm-hmm. surrounded by all these angry dudes. I have to do what Rainey's was talking shit on. It's not just a tourney either, where I can tell someone to stop that I yield. I have to actually go do a real fight. And I'm not on the back of Caraxes right now either, which I would argue is, see, he's still fighting. But the way that the episode opened up, the opening that we love so much, he, he, did, he wasn't in the same amount of danger. I mean, he did have a million arrows flying at him. So. Right. I guess it's really the whole episode put together is was his turning point. But it's still LOL that he, part of his turning point was killing someone who's seriously ill. Yes. <laughs> like on the real. Yes. The crab feeder's not doing okay. No, That's my unwell. big takeaway from watching him again react to everything. I don't know if he's just weird or if that's really as or good as he can move his neck sunburned. right now. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to watch. I. I got to, but I didn't watch that opening scene that much. When yeah, we were, weren't you looking for like a picture of a crab? That, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that whole time, I was looking for that picture of the crab with a knife because I wanted to tweet it like at the beginning because right. I was like, man, this is so funny. So the, I'm like, there's a lot of crabs in this scene, For some so reason, I'll tweet a picture of a crab. <laughs> yeah, listen, I know. I know. And so everybody was saying, picture, man, this scene was amazing. I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, I didn't I'm gonna, see a I'm single the, bit of it. I have it. the right tweet for this moment. Yeah, I didn't see a single bit of it. Watching it on the second time, though, unbelievable. Mm. Talk about a battle scene mm. with Karaxi's yeah. wormy little Come body. Out, Dreha. Him yelling for Dreha. Oh, my God. That Valerian soldier getting crushed, screaming about Damon. I was living for that opening scene. Come out and face me, Dreha. I've been saying that all week. <laughs> Come out and face me. God, so good. I'm going to feed you to your crabs. It's very good. I love Damon in his... Bad Doctor Who. We finally got him. He, he, it was good. It, it was, was good. good. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. He was tossing his sword between his hands and just kind yeah, of prancing yeah, there at around. the end, right before he... Uh, went and fought the crab feeder we got that little little smitty little my favorite move. moment We've at the end it. before he thought the fought the crab feeder was when he jump kicked a random oh yeah soldier. and then rolls out of it <laughs> yeah. like link too good it was such a power rangers move and that was really good Rhaenyra also 
I don't think that the boar was really part of her transitioning. I think really it's, seeing the stag was. I agree. They said in the, after the episode that it was that fighting just the boar fighting was it. cathartic for her. Well, yeah, it's I like screaming into a pillow, but it's a yeah. way better version of it. Mm-hmm. Like if you are someone, this is a really weird topic to bring up, but some people think that pedophiles need like child dolls to vibe off on okay. in order to maybe Ew. make it less of a thing that they go look for that same thing from the real thing. Okay. And so screaming into a pillow is the, you know, the the little kid version of getting rid of your anger without breaking all the stuff in your room. Sure. Or yelling at your parents' face. The high-end version of that for someone that's royal is like Viserys getting to just stab the thing at the end of the hunt. We literally have it held down by multiple ropes. And then Rhaenyra gets to just, yeah, let it go on a boar. But at least the boar attacked them first. That's the thing. Look at all those juxtapositions. She's like, let's not kill that beautiful stab. I know, but let me let me I will stab stab the shit out of this yeah. little little thing. Yeah. 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 I agree that stag moment was pretty powerful. Well, that's the thing about this kind of show. I feel like because you're in this environment, if you make a fantasy show or a movie or whatever, that you you might just not make it real. Because there's so much other stuff to depict, and there's there's so much writing in this case, for example, and, and other fantasy stuff that's being adapted. There's so much information that you can just lean on that people feel so excited about hearing and seeing, and you might not think about that little stuff. But um, this is something that I've I've talked about with my friends before. Um, I've told you about this, but you probably don't remember because we talk about this kind of shit all the time. But um, something I love from The Witcher was like episode seven or eight, something like that. They go on a hunt, and some of the characters that know each other from early drama are, like, uh, put together without them knowing it because there's multiple rich people that are paying these, like, adventurers, well-known adventurers, to go hunt a dragon. And the local kingdom is offering them a big prize. And so they run into friends they don't really like, and it's kind of like... it's like being at like a work convention and there's like, oh, those people, mm-hmm. you know, like we used to be friends, but now we're not really friends. Yeah. And it's the medieval version of that. Again, that's a very real human person thing to put in a fantasy story. Just the, the way their interactions came out. It's still high fantasy, but it's that stuff that George said that he wished that there was more of in these kinds of show, like showing actual layers. Human and, conflict. and But also just the stuff that they would get up to standing yeah, yeah, outside yeah, yeah, of yeah. tents, yeah. thinking and yeah. talking about. And uh, in that episode, there was a a creature that someone came upon going and taking a piss. Um, they're barred. So obviously he doesn't have a weapon and he's not very good at defending himself. That's his whole thing. And he goes to take a piss and he, and he runs into a, a, a creature that at first he thinks is really cute. And then it sort of stands up and it, it looks like something you'd see in a video game, like a monster that you have to go kill, like a bad guy in D&D. It's like, this is what he looks like. He's some crazy looking howling yowling big animal and tip and in typical fantasy story in our lifetime depictions well now the knights are one of the heroes like have to go fight it and he has such good armor such good swords and such good practice i can go kill this monster but the bard can't so he runs back and tells everyone and then they like oh shit let's go check it out even two of us are like mages so we we can take this thing no problem and that's already neat because they're showing something that would have popped up in sort of the interstitials in a fantasy or adventure story, but not necessarily put in a big budget movie or TV show. Because like I said before, there's so much other stuff to depict. 
um, they like discuss what to do with it, and they find out that the creature is actually uh, sick. It's like starving, mm-hmm. so it's like a little bit more mean looking and seeming than it would be. Mm-hmm. And that actually, it's probably a, a nice creature. And uh, just to complete the point, someone in the uh, the party is dumb, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to kill this thing," and they're like, "Don't kill it," you know. But that's that in itself offers up that situation that is so real and seems like something that'd be too boring to depict allows us to like thumb through all those different layers of humanity and of their party and how different people approach the situation. And that's really what this episode felt like. It felt like it was like sticking them. And of course, a scenario that feels like it belongs in a fantasy book, but with the mindfulness of knowing exactly what kind of show Mm -hmm. they were trying to make the whole time. And that's something that we really loved about GOT that sometimes they might, might have stepped away from in the, the later stuff because the we've talked about this a bunch. You know, the the stage was so big and we had the ability to create these set pe- set pieces on a massive scale that it just it felt a little bit less like something like their laughs or little jokes or little points that they would make in conversation. We'd, they'd have less of an opportunity to, ha- to happen in a real way organically like they would in that environment but this was just this episode was just full of so many just person to person talking interactions that revealed so much more of the texture of not only Westeros but how they're dealing with the situations that each of these characters find themselves in personally based on just being stuck in I guess boring circumstances really and the the, the thing about the crab feeder is that He's not even that hard of a bad guy. You know, he's that not hard of a bad guy that, like we saw from Fire and Blood, Viserys can say, let Damon play at war. So the stakes are high, but still the looming truth is the scale of the fanciness of the tent and the scale of what it's like to be rulers. How even if you try to be a person within it, I mean, it's it's bigger than you and it's bigger than what heroic or even harmonious destiny you might want you know like maybe i just did really good with the stepstones but it's still just the crab feeder mm-hmm. it's not even something that viserys turned his attention to the whole time and viserys thinks about renera a whole lot in mm-hmm. this episode but still the duties of being rulers hangs over their head and i think it's gonna really hurt whenever it's gonna hurt even more now after all the sort of like it seemed like they're even Viserys they're all struggling with it but Viserys more is struggling with having to go through with the things that the Targaryens have to do to be solid and secure and real rulers and uh I just I don't know I didn't really expect that to be the the way that they framed all of this and to know that whenever this show was pitched who whoever pitched it to who uh Ryan to George or George to Ryan I'm not sure um, I think it was George Ryan. Who, whoever's working on this knows, like, is is five, ten, twenty steps ahead of all of us. Going, this is the part of that stuff you want to see. That's cool. And this third episode really made me feel that way because there's so many different ways I think to make all the different points that they tried to make in this episode come together. But from the beginning establishing of the crab feeder to the beginning. I don't want to go to this hunt. It all was just very circular on itself and made such a pleasing episode because of that, because it just, it told a whole story within the story, which is, I guess, the end of that first act. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. And another 
piece that I liked that kind of plays into what you're saying is the weight of these conversations and decisions and actions and all these things that are happening in these very familiar settings. I mean, Viserys is drunk out of his mind talking prophecy by the fire while Alicent thinks he's She's like, it's just time to go to bed. Yeah. He's like, no, I got stuff to say. But what you crossed the line into the weird stuff. Yeah, but what he's saying is what's weighing on his heart. Mm-hmm. And we've got, again, Allison comes to him when he's by the fire and he's hungover. And they're having these very real conversations about this conflict that could potentially change the trajectory of House Valerian. And he's just hungover by the fire trying to get through it kind of thing. And so... Um, I agree with you. I felt like it was all done in a very, a way that made these characters feel so special to us as individuals. Already. Like we really know them. I felt yeah. when Damon is about to face the crab feeder, I was like, I like that guy. I mm-hmm. know we've been saying that a lot, but I feel connected to him at this point as he's down. I understand that struggle of why he's in the situation that he's in. And so I think that um, those little side details that have become the whole thing. That's probably why you feel that way, I think, mm-hmm. is because they put us in those situations. It was smart because they so could have quickly. been more sweeping with it and they weren't. But instead, yeah. we get Viserys making me laugh like crazy this episode as he's talking about, like, oh, also Otto was also. So good. <laughs> How are we saying this about Otto Hightower already? That's the thing that weirds me out about this. Why? What is it weird you well, about? When, we, for, when this podcast was in its infancy, I feel like me being like 20 years old, it, a decade ago, it makes sense to be like, oh my God, that owned. Yeah. <laughs> I already right. love Mord because right. Mord is so funny to me. I guess Mord's a bad example. Like maybe like Shaga because he's a little bit less love, like Mord's a love magnet. You see Mord come on screen in the original Game of Thrones, you're like, all right, this this is my guy. Everybody else here, I don't <laughs> right. know about you, but this this is my guy. You know, like something that sticks out so hard that you like. I understand being way more enthusiastic about it a decade ago because it was so good, there was nothing else like it, and there's not trying to... There's so much, like, against hot deeds. A longer point I can make. It's all personal. It doesn't really matter. But the point is... I didn't. I I just did not expect to be going. Oh my God, Otto Hightower by the third episode. I know, but he's the, they're hamming him up in he's the right way. Bringing it when he comes mm-hmm. to Viserys and he says, "The White Heart is available for you," or whatever he says. He says something about that. He announces Don't to get this Viserys. <laughs> I didn't write it down. He announces to Viserys that the White Heart is there, and he's so he's nearby. <laughs> pleased. Oh yeah, the first time. The first yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. so pleased. His little. He's grinning, and he's hamming it up. But he also is just like genuinely psyched. And then we get a couple scenes later when um, he says, "And on this day of, of all, all days, days, he is so the scene." <laughs> Otto was just Viserys is holding me. poop in his hand, and he goes into "On this day uh-huh. of all days." It's so <laughs> good. He just has this way about him that you can't, you can't quite. You can see him scheming. He's having that conversation with his brother. Right. He's having that conversation with his daughter about Aegon needs to be the one. Sure. We got to get him yeah. on the throne. Yeah. But at the same time, mm-hmm. he's just loving his little job That's that he the thing. has. After seeing him be so passionate about 
I think he's. This is what he's into. Like he likes this. The white heart. Seeing this is the one. The hunt. The whole of all days. All the ceremony of all of it. You know. I think that this is the shit that he likes. After seeing him enjoy it so much deep down, I see his scenes where he might be scheming, and I'm like, I don't even think he's scheming. I think that's just Otto. That's right. just how Otto is. Like he just believes this, and he really thinks that Aegon should be the next king, and he loves. He loves Westerosi lore, and he really and believes men. he it's believes the in the laws of gods and men, and he believes in the sign of the white stag right. so much, and that it's so perfect that on this day of all days, and he then, gets to be the one to let kill down. It. What a letdown! That <laughs> everybody's just complete deflated vibe. Jason made you this spear, uh-huh. and he might be the one to marry Rhaenyra. He's like, it's all so perfect. And then we get to the actual thing. It's such a letdown. Oh, Jason's man. like, here's my spear. Do it. He's the only one who's still kind of like trying to hold it together. And Viserys is like, okay, he can't do it. The whole We, we talked yeah. at length about yeah. that scene Yeah. after a, the first a lo- watch. A lot of parties can be like that if you don't nail that finish, the crescendo of the whole hunt. Usually least, you don't nail it. That's what I'm saying, yeah. You got to be a little bit more modest with it. They maybe shouldn't have set up the expectation of this rare animal that was the regal symbol of uh, of regality before the Targaryens conquered Westeros. But then our girl Rhaenyra yeah, she, gets the symbol. It would have made Otto turn in his grave if he had known what that was happening there. All right, we're going to get to these questions and uh, do uh, a little bit more deeper digging on this stuff and read some of the things that you guys wrote back to us. But I just want to say that stag scene hit me again. Did it? Yeah, it felt like he was... Uh, just confirming what the gods made him do. Like there was this deep meaning to his existence. And uh, he he just might be that fated creature. The way he looked at her and was like, hmm. I also like how it happened so naturally. Oh, God. When the shot of the of the wide look at the camp just rolled to the right and you can just see him walking there. That's my favorite. We One of the questions we asked was, what's your favorite location? And I would, I would put that as my favorite location and scene. Just like looking over the Kingswood as the white heart, white stag, whatever you call it, comes. Yeah, I think it's both. Comes towards Rainier. It happens in it's such a natural says. thing after all the pomp and circumstance that mm-hmm. Otto is desperately trying to make happen because he's so psyched about it. None of the contrived <laughs> stuff works, and we just get this kind of pitiful scene in my mind. But then Rainier is up there just chasing her own thing, <laughs> chasing her own vibe, and gets the blessing. It's a pretty cool... I'm curious to kind of see. So it's the blessing to you. That's how you see it. Oh, I see it as a blessing, and it's cur- It's curious. I'm sure she sees it the same way. Magical and non-magical. It's curious to me that. I just wonder what that means for her going forward. I think it's there to confuse us. What were you going to say? No, go on. I just think it's there to to make this storyline a lot like Viserys talking about his own dreams of. Uh, seeing his son wearing the conqueror's crown i think that it's meant to make what ends up happening feel important and like it's 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 not just about john and danny and the friends that we made at the end of this story that's still being written in the original series that like the whole course throughout westerosi history is as imbued with magic as the current time is Mm -hmm. and so that this matter of succession and uh who believes in who and who's going to defend who, all the the ways that the rest of the season plays out. We're trying to be really nice about spoilers. 
by the way, everybody, the way that it all plays out, that there's some, it's just, it's less than political, that whenever Rhaenyra believes that she should, for some reason, even though it seems like she might just want to go to Essos or sail west or something, but for some reason, she, maybe because she's a Targaryen, maybe because she felt prideful or bold, especially now with Alison being part of the mix, that's probably going to influence some of how she feels about it, but deep down, she was in conflict a lot about whether or not she would be supplanted in this episode, and then she asks, asks Kristen whether or not the realm will actually follow her and believe that she's a queen, and then it gets interrupted, really. He answers her. He says uh, they'll have no other choice to. Um, that's when it gets interrupted by the boar, so she really didn't have the full time to process that. It was what he said to the violent breakdown, to all the stabbing, and then when she's looking over that ridgeline uh, toward the camp and they're thinking about, all right, we gotta, we're dragging our feet. It's time to head back to camp. There it is. Um, when that happened, it's like, I think it happened right as she was processing all mm -hmm. of those thoughts. Right. And so she took it to heart, I think, white heart. And I think it's going to make her desire for it later feel more faded and important. And, and we're also going to believe a little bit of it too. Mm -hmm. But I think she's going to believe it. I think it's just meant to make it all feel a little bit more painful. So that's what our second question of the week was. And we can just dive into that to continue on that train of thought. Just like you said, Rainier asked Kristen Cole if the realm will accept her claim. How solid is her claim? And so your argument here is that she's now going to have this like feeling of divine blessing as she moves forward because... Between that and the conversation she had with Viserys at the end of the episode when he says, I faltered sometimes, admittedly, but you're the one. And he stands up to her, for her to Jason, Rainier, or Allison stands up for her to Viserys and Otto. Kristen stands up for Rainier to Rhaenyra, yeah. you know? I think that she probably potentially feels a little bit more sure-footed and we'll see how she carries that information into the next episode all all together. And Damon's coming back. I saw that much. Mm -hmm. hmm. Kristen Cole also is just great so far. Just been great. Like a classic great character and really serves to, I think, show a lot of the scale of nobility, how he could be so great and so solid, but still, as I said in this episode, had only ever hoped to marry a common person. When obviously he's fit to to hang, that mm -hmm. tells a greater truth to to all of this, which is that everyone's fit to hang, really, right. unless you're not, <laughs> and then you can be moored. <laughs> then then you can have a very simple job like that. But uh, yeah, I, I whatever happens with him, whenever happens with him, is going to hurt because he's this solid. He doesn't have the sort of a stink that we felt on him in fire and blood well he's really reserved i feel like mm. we don't really see much of we got to know him a little bit more in this episode but we don't really see much of his personality uh, i guess that's why i like him yeah <laughs> he has no personality <laughs> i like the stuff that he said to rhaenyra you know he listened to her and then he said the right stuff you want me to kill him i mean really that's the own, only response yeah. to that uh to, the, to her complaining kind of it's good to like get it out and obviously they've grown closer but you want me to go? It's the only way to fix this situation. That was that was again probably my own for the episode again. If we if we give him on the second, which we don't, but um, her, her claim doesn't seem strong though. To answer the question, it doesn't seem strong because everyone's ready, and it seems like Viserys was learning more and more 
you know, realizing more and more in this episode that the wheels are turning around him, and there's these powerful families like Redwine, that have and Lannister, and Hightower that have opinions and plans. And he's hurt. Every decision he makes hurts someone's feelings. We got um, Rach Torres at Cruel Summer, love the handle, said, It would be more solid if she made an effort to act as a king's heir, take prominent positions mm. at events, etc. The awkward no friends moments at the hunt leads me to believe that she hides and doesn't try to make friends. She needs to be beloved like Renly to secure loyalty, which I think is such a good point. That scene that I think Rach is pointing to is when they all walk into the tent for the first time and Rhaenyra is arguing all the way there saying, no one's here for me, which is true. But then she walks through the tent and nobody even turns ahead. She's always absent, it seems like. She stayed in the carriage when they first arrived, which yeah. I totally get that. Who well, I totally to walk get into that. that. But she, even when she walked in, she's the heir to Dragonstone. She's the princess. Yeah. So she's, you would think that heads would turn or people would try to be making an effort to her, but she very obviously has just been removed from everything, which I think is an interesting move. I understand why she's hurt and scorned, and obviously she'd been dismissed quite a bit in the last two episodes that we'd seen, and so who knows what else had been happening behind the scenes. But uh, the fact that she's not seemingly fighting for her claim at all, other than pouting and refusing to do what her dad asked her to do. Yeah, but she wants people to approach her. You know? But Why? Because it's probably annoying to have to go approach everyone. It's like, why invite these interactions if I don't have to have them? But if you want to be the king or the queen, like if you want to be the one, then you have to have those interactions. You need Says to says who? Well, it's obviously not working for her. She has no yeah, loyalty because that's that's how this court is. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's why she doesn't like it. And no one's putting. That's on why for Damon's her. not good at it either. It's just a bunch of hot air, and they want to be Targaryens. I know, but they, they want to be their own people. They can't be that. And Viserys, he's like, even I can't be above tradition. Right. I'm. You're tied to the duty that you have as royalty to mm. participate. And if you're not going to participate, then you are not going to reap the reward of being the guy in charge. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting and a good point because obviously her claim is not great. Um, Michelle Ireland says it's the most solid it will ever be, I fear, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is uh, true. Adriana Solis Lopez says, weak AF. The fact that the Lord of Old Town said, oh, hell, second of his name, oh, yeah, outside the carriage. And didn't get slaughtered immediately. He calls him your grace. And didn't get slaughtered immediately signals that her claim is weak. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the fact they're going to let, let that slide. If Magor <laughs> was there. They both have the weird vibe in the family. Um, completely. So, A, she's a woman. So, everybody is... We heard Jason Lannister was like, everybody talks about the fact that she's not going to be the heir. I'm proposing to marry her so He's I can like shelter everyone, her huh? on Casterly Rock. Did everyone tell you to do this proposal? Yeah, like exactly. This? <laughs> Um, He's like, I'm going to resist this idea just because you annoy me. Right. <laughs> and it seems like you guys are planning this around me. Right, right. There's just a lot of things going against her. Her her gender, her um, claim, her vibe, her ability yeah. to participate. That was She's, a, everything's against her. That was a good comment. Um, the person who said that her vibe is throwing everyone off because it's true. And I see both sides of it. I understand why she feels that way. But it's like you said, if if... If you want the claim because you actually want to do something with it, then you need to start working on it now. 
You need to start actually being the person that these people might follow. But if you don't want it, then say you don't want it. And then this this will all be a lot easier. Yeah. Pride has pride. This is the first episode I felt that way about Rainier, which I think is good. (laughs) It's complicated. Well, I like that it's complicated because... And Allison is being so good. I know. And and now, you know, like, yeah, definitely drama that she married her best friend's dad. Uh, But damn... We, this is all so twisted up together. Right, because I... And we want to like her. I was surprised by how many people disagree with that, that they already don't like Allison, at least in our comments. So really? the first question that we asked this week was, what's your current vibe on Allison Targaryen? You said Allison Targaryen, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. Yeah, it's just, um, a, just a little bit, a little bit of spice. Once again, Adriana Solas Lopez, great comments today. I heard your pod that says she's been cool, but no, I think she's playing at, playing us. Remember Rhaenyra saying, now they see you as you are or something like that in some of the trailers. She doesn't want to alienate Viserys, but of course wants to place her son on the throne. I believe that. She mentions to her dad, she's like, who wouldn't want their kid to be king? Yeah. But. She's playing Otto really well then too. She seems so innocent. But yeah, I think if you're right, Adriana, then again, another painful little twist that's going to be added to the pile of making this juicy as hell. Sarah Makiyama loving the new depth to the character. She's much more sympathetic and you can see where after years she might reasonably give up on trying to mend her bridges with Rhaenyra. I can see that too. Mm -hmm. Just feeling like she's just being pushed. And just be like, all right, enough. Fine. Yeah. That would be sad. And you can see how that turns to anger. Quickly, how that could turn to anger quickly. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Allison is really putting on for Rhaenyra in this episode. She puts on for Rhaenyra against mm-hmm. um, Redwine and who else was Lady Redwine and who else was sitting in that circle. I forget her name is a Lannister. She defends Rhaenyra there. She defends, again, we've, we've mentioned, but she's trying. She says it doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't have to be this yeah. way. It might be well, fun Well, that's easy for to say to when you're the together. queen, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but Rhaenyra's the, the princess. True, true. But she was, no- she was nothing before. I know. She was nothing. I Okay, imagine being Rhaenyra, and it's like, yeah. my bestie didn't have to do... Yeah. She was just a girl at court, mm-hmm. and she didn't have to do anything but give my dad a, one look, and now she suddenly is in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah, so she. it's strange that she just hasn't burnt everything down yet. You, you would think that... If she's that mad about this, we'll see how mad she is. That's the thing. Is she going to be like Rainey's? I don't know. That's the thing. Taylor Wells says, slightly surprised. Yeah, she's you know. Still <laughs> s- you know. I know. <laughs> Taylor Wells says, slightly surprised. She's still so much on Rainey's side after three years. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um. Blue Fleur says, marriage to Viserys suits Allison very well, which I agree with. I agree, yeah. She understands when to indulge his desire not to rock the boat and how to coax him into acting when it's necessary. I think she regrets the same tactics didn't work well on Rhaenyra because of the bitterness of her bestie hiding their budding romance. But that doesn't stop Allison from using her knowledge to advise Viserys about what's going on in Rhaenyra's head or using her authority to overrule her. I thought that was kind of funny. But Mm. it's true. She... She's helping her dad or Viserys understand who Rhaenyra is. I do not think Allison supports Rhaenyra as the heir, not because she's power hungry, but because she understands the game of thrones in a way Viserys is trying to ignore. 
not that different from Rainey's. Aegon is still very young, far too young to take the throne. Alicent knows trying to broach the subject of naming the, a new male heir now will only make Viserys dig his heels in stubbornly and stubbornly insist on maintaining the status quo. So this comment here saying Alicent is just kind of biding her time. She doesn't want to push and press the issue before Aegon can actually do anything. It's interesting. Be true. Mm-hmm. Before Viserys is even sick. Right. So just stay exactly like this. Stay the course. That's gain, so smart if that's the thing. If that's the case. <laughs> You're gain, not a person at all. Gain Viserys' favor immensely by not trying to change ever, his mind ever, even keep your dad supporting in, in, him in power over your dad because you're not even laterally scheming with him you're mm-hmm. saying like no Rhaenyra is literally she's keeping herself herself separate from even that it'll be interesting to see the transition as she as Rhaenyra pisses her off to the point of no return sure as Aegon gets older as all of these things kind of come together yeah into the perfect storm yeah. and Viserys is getting sick I'm looking forward to seeing the decisions that she makes because I think she's acting on her own accord a lot in this. I, I do too. So far, but ideas are being planted into her. Which head. means she's not playing with anyone. Yeah. Which is nuts because she does not have an alliance. Right. It, but like everyone's kind of playing with everyone mm-hmm. in some way. All right. Uh, Little Wolfbird says, I currently still love her and she's trying so hard to support Rhaenyra and her new position of power, but she effed up by not telling her BFF about everything. I think that kind of sums it up. Honestly. I wonder if, can you imagine how different things may have been if they're but in Allison, on it together? Allison might not have really known the depth of what was happening with Viserys until it was probably a little too late. Well, even then, that's when you say it, or you talk about up going up until that point. That's the thing. That's the thing that that is our thing. Ding, ding, ding. That's our thing. <laughs> if Rhaenyra and Allison are like silent treatment when Allison walks into the room, power struggle over the CD player. You know, like who gets to set the volume? This is my car now. If they're at that point, that means there hasn't been any of those conversations. And I, oh, it, no, 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 it's there either, hasn't. Yeah, it's either no because way. Rhaenyra is, it's either because Allison didn't have those at the right time at the very beginning. That had to be it. Or she hasn't tried good enough she since then. She missed the boat. So it's either, Rhaenyra's either missing out on having a really good friend or Allison did some stuff in the beginning that Rhaenyra, who's smart and volatile, goes, you know what? Nope. I think both. I would, I would argue both because it was dropped on Rhaenyra and she storms out of the room. All right, so what's the right thing to do? All right, because I see benefit and merit to both if she did this to to Rhaenyra then she deserves to be boxed out right a little I mean if she had come to Rhaenyra oh my gosh you will never believe my dad made me go sit with your dad last night and he was really coming on to me and it seems like this is what the thing is yeah and I feel like maybe what if he's gonna try to propose to me or something and Rhaenyra goes that's crazy I can't believe it and then and then Rhaenyra goes to her dad and confronts the whole him. situation. <laughs> Maybe pr- Allison just really wanted it to happen, and so she didn't want Rhaenyra to to it's, intervene. It's like the Aegon being born and being christened thing. Of course you'd want your son to be king. Of course I'd want to be queen. Right. But you're already in such a good family, so it's not like you were dealing with poverty or anything or, or the threat of it. She only had one dress. That's true. <laughs> she was broke <laughs> AF. Yeah. <laughs> she only had one really good uh feedback on that question though everyone um i I think that just obviously just talking about it there's there's so many ways to look at it because we don't know 
what their plan, what Allison really is planning. We're here and we know what's up. And even knowing, even having Red Fire and Blood, it still feels a little unclear how it's going to play out, which is really fun. Yeah. Question number three was, what were you most surprised by? How good the dragons were. I was most surprised by their choices, their their choice with how they made the uh, Stepstones fight and... I'm not even annoyed that it was kind of bottled up, buttoned up. At least they didn't put it in one sequence. At least mm-hmm. it was broken into two. Right. Um, usually I would be kind of annoyed if it felt like this is supposed to be a battle episode. Right, right. Or like this is how we're going to end the whole conflict right here. But I, I just, the way that they did it was a good version of of trying to sum something up, you know? Like you can give me the whole beyond the wall skirmish in the same episode. You could totally do that. If I, th- I think. <clears throat> Sorry. You can totally do that if it's this good. I didn't know that this style of good existed yet. Yeah. No, I didn't even know this was a thing yet. Yeah. It felt good. It felt like one of his cha- one of George's chapters where it, like one of the fire and blood chapters where it's like we talked about this and then we had this stuff happen and then someone who's really smart and writes TV <laughs> is like you're a <laughs> fucking idiot right now cuz that's literally how we do it. Uh-huh. But you know what? Through this is how my dumb mind learns these things better. I get obsessed about the book, and then I see how smarter people put it into a show, and I'm like, oh, because I love this story so much, and I understand these guys so much, it helps me connect the dots to a greater truth of the whole thing. And so I think that's probably why it felt so good, is because a format they've figured out in writing that, like I said, is evoked in Fire and Blood. These chapters go that way because he has to deal with multiple people, and then he'll come back, and it's like now Reina's doing this based right. on it's like, oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this was. So it didn't feel short, even though it was short. Like, I felt like the context was there. I would normally get annoyed at really good armor that seemed like kind of clean and these side characters getting introduced that I have to all of a sudden care about, like right, Raymond. Right. But it's just the way that they shot it. It was just, it wasn't cheesy. There was no Euron, you know, barking and strange words. It was just, it, it just, it was just good. It landed, you know? Very smooth and seamless. Yeah. Buttery. It was buttery. There was some buttery stuff in here. Um, I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is the that is the most buttery thing is uh, gonna have to go to the question of favorite setting. So that's why I was most surprised by it. Just uh, how good that they were able to pull it off. Yeah. I, I was surprised by that. That that continues and, and to the be white the heart. Case. I, I would say. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so touching. Why, why are we being so heartfelt right now? I know that's it's so, episode three. It's brave for you guys to make me. <laughs> To try to think that I would care. Mm-hmm. And then a solid tear. I, just something about depicting that. It doesn't even matter that it's Rhaenyra. I don't know what it is. Something deep inside of me and probably all of us. Maybe it's because we evolved on a planet where beautiful deer might have made our ancestors go, whoa, and then also kill that thing. But for a moment, just the beauty of the of the moment, of the meaning of it, and also it happening. It all was just came together and i was very surprised how how moving it was yeah still on second watching i'm like god damn, i don't <laughs> care about there. this i don't care <laughs> what about you uh, i first want to read this comment from scott murphy because i thought it was awesome scott says they were most surprised by being a strong strong believer so lowercase <laughs> strong uppercase strong the Strongs are making a great showing in this episode so far yeah they were that was so totally su- so subtly done yeah i mean i know that they were they appeared in this episode multiple times, but knowing how much of, of a part of it, um, they that's not a spoiler because Lionel's on the small council. It makes sense that they'll be a part of it. His name. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anyone out there named Alfred, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could be an Alfred, too. He does. Too, though. He does. Um, yeah, what were we saying? You, were, you just read off someone's question? Yeah, for what we're most surprised answer. by. And I don't know what my answer is. There's a couple just people... Just read someone else's and just take it. <laughs> there's a couple people... Well, there's a couple people who talked about how they are surprised by how much they... So, at Fox and Bramble, surprised by how much I like Viserys more and more each episode. And Sarah Makima, the depth we're getting from Viserys. I guess I would agree as well. I was most surprised. I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this because he's been a standout so far. But his drunk Viserys really did it for me. He was funny and contemplative and I thought that it was adds such an interesting dimension to this whole drama. I'm I guess I'm just surprised that it continues to hit that hard every episode. He had he had a uh, who we gonna tell it's we top of the totem pole yeah, moment when truly, he was sitting in the throne truly. and just zooms out. It's like it's all in you, bud. This that was we're all such here for you. a good shot. Mm-hmm. I loved that shot. It, like took a little mental picture in my head and between that and him fumbling to refill his glass and slamming everything down. <laughs> the you know, poor has already gone to bed. He's slumped over <laughs> on on the throne and we're zooming out and all the colors are really deep and vibrant, but like also kind of muted because it's dark and there's a party there's going on. There's a lot on. of black amongst all the red. I like that. It was very cool. Question number four, what was your favorite location? My favorite location was the first establishing shot of the campfire. Of, with Christina Rinera. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just really did it the fodder you. that I like. Yeah. The the way that they pointed their cameras and captured the nature around the Kingswood, I mean, just so good. I, I, I like this genre. I like this time setting where people are using this kind of technology. Always have my whole life. One of the best I've seen it depicted on screen. I was just okay, we're we're here. It really felt like that was a real place and it didn't feel sparse. They kept coming back to them. It felt like I was watching um The Revenant for mm-hmm. almost a second. The the nature in The Revenant is so good. It's not quite to the level. This isn't quite to that level, but like in The Revenant when they're filming nature, they it's like they know that the little angles and directions that branches and leaves are is creepy because that's life itself expressing itself and it's like most raw and and just easy to see way and the same is for us too with our fingers and our eyes and all the intricacies of our bodies and different things that we create but plants and shit in your environment are a constant reminder of how kind of creepy existence is in itself and i think that it was so cool that they just constantly cut back to when they cut back to their little adventure side quest for a day, it, it always was accompanied with really beautiful shots of their environment mm-hmm. and um, doing the fire like they did, showing how big the forest is yeah. and how little of a cast of light that the that the campfire does in it. Dude, it super felt, subtle. Really, it felt familiar, really too. It felt familiar. What it felt familiar? Because we all been out in the woods like that, oh, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, it just sure. It felt... We've yeah. all been in that situation. It felt like a place. I challenge anyone to. who's listening to go buy some Popeyes chicken, <laughs> go through a Popeyes drive-through, and just take it out in the woods. <laughs> just take it in the woods and go eat it. <laughs> That's your dream, not anybody else's. Maybe one day soon that will become reality. Most people replied with the Kingswood, and I would I would put that. Oh really? Yeah, and I would put that at 
the top of my That's list awesome. as well. Particularly the shot with the white heart when they were looking over and you can see oh, the yeah. camp and you could just see the trees forever. I thought that was really beautiful. Um, Travis Cole ate Stra- Travis Cole straight Savage Cole says hands down it was <laughs> Travis a- Cole ate Savage Cole he Sorry. ate him <laughs> Sorry Travis hands down it was a werewood tree garden through oh wait okay sorry hands down it was a werewood tree garden mm. though the shot from the Kingswood showing King's Landing in the background was a close second mm-hmm. heart eye emoji I agree. totally agree I loved the space that that gave because you okay you think about a place like Hogwarts mm-hmm where we very much understand where everything is. Mm-hmm. You and me could be placed there and we would know how to get to Hagrid's Hut in mm-hmm. three seconds. Mm-hmm. Something that I did not yet have in my brain as well was kind of the spatial awareness of a place like King's Landing. Right I felt like it. that shot there really just put into perspective kind of this is what this is what this looks like. Mm-hmm. This is what this place is like. We've seen a lot of King's Landing. We've seen the water. We've seen the bay. We've seen the gates. But the... The, the burbs, the suburbs. Yeah. I agree, Travis. That was a close, that was a very cool moment. Scott Murphy also says War Council on the Stones, which is a good, yeah, that was, that cool was a too. good shout out too. God, they got a table up there and everything. Uh huh. <laughs> so cool to invite the whole crowd, really, to be around the War Council. Like, who put the table there? Someone had to carry and put it up there. <laughs> I like that you can get mail and they wear different colors. They're like, we're cool and part of all this like you, but we're from a different spot. Yeah, They're like, right. all right, <laughs> we're royal, so let us ride to the front. Man, people have been making sense of their environment in such cool ways for so long. Really, really neat to see it in this period where they have... Uh, so much more of a grip on Westeros than the original series did. Like they're just so they rich really do. All these families really got it going on. Mm-hmm. So much less conflict. There's not someone like I mean, like there's other people that are vying for the throne, but there's no like Tywin that's like I could take the throne if I really want. In to. five seconds, yeah, yeah. yeah. it would yeah. cost me nothing. Also, shout out to Jason Lannister's description of Casterly Rock. <laughs> it's higher than the wall. Like, the rock oh is yeah, than dude. The wall. Tell me more about Casterly Rock. There we should be a dragon pit if I wanted one to be for my lady wife. Yeah, he's like, I got the means necessary to put a dragon pit in Lannisport if we need to, or sorry, at the rock he's like if we need to. His hair around. He is better looking than his twin, though. I'll give you that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He reminds me so deeply of someone that I can't put my finger on. Really? Yeah. Like in personality or in looks? In looks. Somebody who's semi-famous. Uh, the guy who played Bill Weasley. Okay. That's we- an interesting one. Yeah. Not quite. Maybe. If anybody else thinks he looks like somebody, send us pictures. Also looks like, I forget the actor's name, but the guy that was in Dragonheart. He could be could be that guy. Maybe. He just has this vibe that feels familiar, maybe. I don't know. He was like, that's the point. Really good this <laughs> That's episode. the point that everyone knows Jason Lannister. Right, exactly. At some point. Um, and then our last question that we asked was major plot predictions for... Oh, actually, we asked so many questions did, this week. Did no one ask... Hold on. Did no one, did no one answer uh, Bloodstone? Like, where they fought the crab feeder? I was going to say that. I'm going to just oh, were you, honorable you mention that. You should give a little shout out to that. Honorable mention. There you go. Question five, plot predictions for episode four, King of the Narrow Sea. Riley Leonhart, Rhaenyra, and Damon doing the deed. Oh. <laughs> I know people are... There's so much talk on Twitter that's brace yourself because you think it's been creepy so far. Just wait until you see Rainer and Damon 
get into it. Oh, they're going to like it. That's the thing. They're going to be, so, it's going to be the We're most. We're going to be living for it's it. It's going to be the realest sex scene there's ever been on right. Game of Thrones. Like these people <laughs> want each other so bad. You thought John's Danny was cold. You're uh-huh. about to see the, you're see the opposite of uh-huh. that. <laughs> 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 I'm excited to see them interact. She's so salty about the fact they haven't talked in years in this episode. Oh, yeah. So what do you think that'll do for it? Hard to, <laughs> hard to say. <laughs> Just the way that you said that, I was like, okay, she, she's she got some unfinished business she needs to take out on mm-hmm, her uncle. I wonder right. how she's going to do that. <laughs> Scott Murphy says, Viserys and Damon will finally be bros for a moon's turn. Looking forward to that uh, crown scene. And then Adriana Solos Lopez, Lopez, Damon back with his crafted crown, obviously. Rhaenyra marries. Allison starts to freak out about her sons not being first on the list. Huh? And Vagar comes in with Lena. I'm just That's looking. a lot in one episode. It's a lot in one if episode. La- if Lena gets a dragon next episode. Okay. CC, Rhaenyra, and Damon getting touchy. I'm just. Episode three, 10 out of 10. Experience. I'm in. Episode four. I'm Let's psyched it, about it. I'm so it looking forward hey, to it. I have it. good news for you, by the way. I saw that the, in the inside the episode that the uh, Greg Yatanes, I don't know how to say his name perfectly. Sorry, dude. Um, try to say my last name, okay? You're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> uh, he's directing the finale, too. The guy who just did this oh, past one. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Now that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I see where this is going, and I like it. Our last question was, how long will the next time gem be? We asked that without realizing that it is answered in the trailer, <laughs> because oh. they say that Aegon <laughs> is three in the trailer. <laughs> but some of the comments Gods. were talking about... Gods, I was strong before I knew I was dumb. <laughs> At Little Wolfbird says, I'm going to miss Millie Alcock. And Allison's actress, I can't remember her name. Don't really want an abrupt change, but I guess that's what it's going to be. I think that's the main takeaway is that from the time jump thing, even if we've only got a year, it's coming. You're talking about missing our actresses? Yes. I think that they, I think that especially our girl Millie has just carried this this so far. And so I think I'm I'm curious to see how... If they're both in the same episodes, potentially kind of jumping between, or if it's a hard cut, or how that goes goes over with us as the audience, because she's been <laughs> just thought of the time jump between between baby John Snow to John Snow. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's gonna be. Yeah, I know. I know. What if they do that with Renera's face and well, then they cut to older Renera? <laughs> but that's what I'm I'm wondering. She's Millie's been such a standout for us. And so has what's the girl who plays Allison? What's her name? Ooh. I know Olivia Cook is the actress who plays her grown up version. Emma Darcy plays grown up Renera. I'm gonna keep saying other names while Hannah Googles. Millie Alcock, obviously. Is oh, Emily Carey. Yeah. Sorry, girl. You killed it as Allison. Emily Carey is also rules so as Allison. The two of them have just been spectacular. They're crazy. I don't. I don't know what it is. If they found these actors that just they just picked all the right people who had a deep perspective on their craft, one that transcends most of what we've seen hired in this genre. Sorry, or if they're directors or producers, whoever's around. It's telling them, like, hey, take the shit seriously. They are taking it seriously. Totally. And they're going to be missed. No matter who, how good the replacements are, Mm -hmm. I think we're just going to miss 
miss them. I know, and that's that's a good sign, though. And it, it sucks, but like I like that stuff is so good that it's gonna suck. You know, where with that feeling, because they'll always be they'll always be beloved. People have been replaced and stuff, and you know it is what it is. But these guys are gonna be cemented as a part of this whole thing. After always, being in always. four or five episodes. Well, I mean, they they but, they introduced all of us to it, yeah. and they convinced all of us. And man, I wonder what the shooting schedule was like. How much of like did they get to see each other's performances, mm-hmm. and then build like did did uh, older Venera see how younger Venera was? That seems to be this would seem to be the did smart they together? the smart way because they they're the same person. I wish they could have seen. I hope they got to see how it landed on the screen, not yeah. just in the room, right. but of how it right. was on the screen because it's a little different. Try to emulate that a little, or yeah. or come up with a better idea than what I could come up with right mm-hmm. now. Something um, that would uh, it's going to be weird. Um, I think that it would be cool if they did it in the middle of the episode, so we got to have a little bit of a goodbye to the other characters. A more not just start smooth, without their slow transition, yeah, between the two. Yeah, it might just start without them, but I don't think it will. I haven't watched the trailer yet. I know that a lot of you are probably screaming at your uh, iPod Minis, sorry, iPod Nanos, but uh, <laughs> isn't that what you put in the Instagram? Damon oh, yeah, had an iPod it was. Nano. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, Listen to the episode. <laughs> you're, you're like, watch the trailer. You'll have all these answers. I don't want to have it spoiled. Sure, I'm having too, too good of a time. Well, a lot of people have been saying in the comments of the trailers, you're showing way too yeah. much. Well, I noticed that. It's yeah. kind of true. It's very true. It's very true. It really is. Especially this last episode. I mean, they showed literally everything and there important. Was, and there was one trailer that showed a lot of the season. It was like, this yeah. is what's going to happen in this season. I get it. I like trailers, but that's just me. Is that all of our questions? That's all of our questions for this week. So if you want to play along, we always fun. put them up early early next week. You'll see them on our Instagram and our Twitter. Appreciate your feedback, everyone. We're going to hopefully have uh, I just like how they get more important feeling as mm-hmm. the season goes on. So hopefully episode four will deliver. It's time to read owns, though. Hannah and I already gave our owns on the last episode. This is not about us. This is about all of you. Okay. Let's start with Twitter. We've got Jason Alden, Lone Wolf Guardian, who says, own to the cup holders in the carriage scene. (laughs) (laughs) This is an awkward (laughs) conversation to be a part of. Allison did nothing wrong at the bear air, own to sea smoke, who has his own hashtag icon. That is awesome for being cool as hell. At Elizabeth Bird, own goes to the writers for having me convinced the entire episode that Viserys is going to meet the same fate as Robert Baratheon. Oh. Wine plus hunting is a dangerous combination. Oh. Game of Thrones quotes, Asawaf quotes, GOT. Own to costume designer, Janie Tamime, or Tamime. Everyone looks great, but every, everything Rhaenyra wore tonight was fire. Yeah, especially the little outfit in the Godswood, I thought. Yes, like, yeah. Whoa. At for Arya, own to Rhaenyra for her bloody fashion statement after <laughs> killing the wild boar, along with her dad, like the Battle of the Firstborns with shades of Jon Snow and Ramsay at the Battle of the Bastards. I just want to add in that, um, I know we said before that Damon drug in the carcass to camp, just like Rhaenyra did, but their arcs in this episode, they mirrored each other so much down to even like... When did Damon went to camp, that was kind of like Rhaenyra showing up at the hunt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he first arrived. And mm-hmm. everyone was just kind of like looking but not saying anything. 
And then they're all kind of feel it's more important in war because we're dealing with actual killing and stuff. But everyone there kind of feels like you're not pulling your weight in this whole uh-huh. thing, just yeah. like Damon is. And they both just wanted to do their, they wanted to do it their way. And everyone thinks they're making it harder. They're making it harder by not just falling in line uh-huh. and doing what everyone else does and does <laughs> is what's expected of you. And That's so the, the way that they end it is by dragging in a, a corpse and their faces and hair which look the same, are covered in blood in this it episode. It hit. It hit. And now, they're t- now it's time for them to join together. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to read the next one. At Manners Without, from Brotherhood Without Manners, that shot of King's Landing on the horizon in the background of the honey camp. Yeah. At Loads Links, own to Damon for being willing to take on a possible suicide mission just so he could say he won his war without his big brother's help. <laughs> At Straight Savage Cold, my own goes to the stunning shot of the werewood tree. It literally took my breath away. The bard almost gave me dandelion vibes from The Witcher. Secondary own to the master of complaints. At K2 Cav, own to the parallel of Rhaenyra and Daemon, both covered in blood, both fighting for the acceptance from Viserys. Rhaenyra butchering the boar and Daemon the crab feeder. At White's King, the Night King, my own goes to Patty Considine. Superb performance. At Ghost Chase Killa, own to the princess for doing some real hunting, not staged like some rulers <laughs> I know. At Entertainment, own to the royal seamstress for making those ill hound jackets. Oh, sorry, lil hound jackets. Oh, <laughs> yeah, though I loved those. I know, that was and so they were cute. Ill. They were ill, both apply. The Rogue Prince Imagine at Shane strike Lisa. Strike of, sorry, a leather like jerkin to wear. Yeah, it was, Good yeah, that God. would be awesome. Uh, the Rogue Prince at Shane Lisa, Damon going absolutely ham on the beach. The Learned Hands podcast, owned to Viserys for officially, legally, telling Jason Lannister to stay away from his teenage daughter. <laughs> Corliss Valerian is black deal with it at Congress Crown, owned to the whole episode and the writers. It'll be hard to top this one for me. Loved every single bit of it. At Clint wrote this, owned to the White Heart, the Queen Maker. Will Upton, owned to Damon Targaryen for being able to better outrun <laughs> arrows than Rick and, and Stark. there it is. <laughs> Aiden Evans, owned to Sea Smoke and Caraxes for being good Bernie boys. Hashtag Caraxes, <laughs> hashtag Sea Smoke. At Lady of Driftmark, owned to my baby coming in like a wrecking ball with his beautiful mount. Hashtag Sea Smoke. Shelly Wren, 79, owned to Lanor for coming up with the winning plan. At Ares Gone Mad, owned to Corlys Valerion and Lanor Valerion for being beautiful and stealing the screen. Also, hashtag Sea Smoke. Darren Sowards at Azora High Five, owned to the parade of future characters and councils. Owned to, yes, owned to the showrunners for unflinchingly leaning heavy into prophecy and magic. Additional owned for having such spectacular dialogue. Final own, I love that you have three owns in your own. Final own, but certainly, he knows how to do it, though. He's saying, like, final own, uh-huh. next own, instead of, yeah. But certainly my fave, owned to see smoke for absolutely yeeting, I hope, enemy soldiers just because he can. <laughs> Connor Targaryen is now dancing at Connor Targaryen, owned to Jason Lannister for showing us the standard of House Lannister before the likes of Tywin. He thought he was so smooth. Another own has got to go to when Damon absolutely sliced through the triarchy like Swiss cheese all by himself. Nothing cuts like Valerian steel. DJ Snooky 3, owned to see smoke and Lanor for burning those guys and having a fun-ass time doing it. Woo-hoo. <laughs> I liked that way more on my second <laughs> yeah, watch, by too. the way. I did. At Eamon White Wolf, owned to Lionel Strong. Both times when he could have plotted for his own house, he suggested what's best for the my realm. My guy. Even when Viserys brings up his son, he declines. 
may he be Viserys's only true friend at court. The little pat on his shoulder. He's mm-hmm. like, thanks. I needed to feel one one thing that felt solid this whole time. At the Dove Stark, own to the pug. <laughs> Got to eat cake. Abinarwa, my own goes to Lord Lionel Strong for being the only small council member who always offers good advice, even to a super drunk Viserys. Hashtag poli sci major. Hashtag but you can't have my son. Hashtag never drink more than your boss. <laughs> my own also goes to Matt Smith. Hardly any dialogue for this episode, but he stole the show. Hashtag acting chops. Hashtag one man army. Hashtag be still my heart. Hashtag no shellfish for me. Hashtag crab feeder. Where was the 2K22? There's so many. I thought it would be in there somewhere. The Tattered Prince, Karina Martell, owned to the chaps who caught the stag for the king to kill. Oh, and owned to Viserys for getting out there and killing a stag with a hangover. I mean... <laughs> At Cold Summer Bear, owns to the dude almost getting rescued by Damon. <laughs> My prince! <laughs> dude, getting your guts crushed, not I know, even but, your head. But by his prince. You're right. That makes it a little bit better. <laughs> My own Geo's review, Stellan Geo's one. My own is to the clubfoot, who is surprisingly wholesome and is currently making it very hard for me to hate him. That was a great entrance for him. He's a crafty young man. At Seth410, own to Dark Sister, making enemies more portable. At Smarted2JD, own to Ramin Javadi for the add-in of the tiniest soup cone of Westworld into the score of Stepstone's Battle. John Mack says, Own to Millie Alcock. She's been the driving force in everything so far. She's made Rhaenyra the heart and soul of the entire show. Own to Damon for being both ballsy and stupid on such a gamble. But does anyone in Westeros know what it means to zigzag? And biggest own to Lanor and Sea Smoke, Best looking dragon to date by far and probably the best dragon action from a dragon and a rider. Nina at Brown Ball owned to the casting department for making fans of the 90s Pride and Prejudice miniseries very happy with their choices for the ladies Lannister and Redwine. Very obscure. Sorry. Sweating emoji. At Bookish Eye owned to Damon Targaryen who never treads lightly. Blue Fleur owned to Aegon for being the only tolerable Targaryen in this episode. (laughs) Love you, Rhaenyra, but 17 is a bit too old to be throwing tantrums like your great aunts. Love that shout out. Even if your dad is too much of a people pleaser to treat you like his heir in front of other people. <sighs> Man, that's so much to that. But he did yell at her. Actually, I need to give an anti-own, a disown. They've been called both, two Viserys. He disappointed me lots, but this exchange regarding Jason was the worst. He's arrogant and self-serious. Well, I thought you might have that in common. Well, that's not how to raise your daughter, let alone a future queen. At Sir Squirrel, owned a Prince Damon Targaryen, the hedgehog who never was. Mm-hmm. Hashtag only three arrows. Hashtag gotta go fast. Drogo the Call, owned to Lanor's particular brand of Jakaris. At Goodmorn Starshine, ST, owned to Ryan J. Condal in the commentary when he said, We're asking the audience to pay attention, listen, and play along with what's happening because we all know so many viewers of Game of Thrones didn't or couldn't and that missed huge amount of details to the show what was really going on. <laughs> Kristen Michelle, owned to Dark Sister for cutting straight through the triarchy. Sea <laughs> wearing 13, owned to the guy that smiled slash laughed when he saw Rainier coming back to camp covered in blood. He was like, I see you, princess. At Silax Mdia, own goes to the mention Von Lady Johanna Swan. Joanna. Hopefully we get some more gossip about her rise as the black swan at least. Oh yeah. <laughs> Radcliffe is my fave actor at Training Maester. My own goes to the guy who made Aegon's dragon toy, simply because it's cute to have a killer <laughs> nuke as a toy. Also, I want one. Hugo Castellano. 
Castellanos. Own to the save me, splat, at the beginning for making me laugh the loudest. I have laughed this week. Rip. <laughs> Frickin' Stark at Frickin' Rickin'. Own to Caraxes, Damon's Dragon for not flying in a straight line. <laughs> Guess I should have been taking notes. Uh, Owner the boar, uh, at Less Inc. 7. Owner the boar for totally steamrolling Sir Crispin, who pulls out his second <laughs> Howlin' Reed in three episodes. <laughs> Diggin' Oak Island. My own ghost of the three maesters staring at their king. Is there a word for hangover in High Valyrian? <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> at Jill Van Sickle, disown to the crab feeder's men who all charge out of caves together, yet somehow only reach Damon one at a time. <laughs> oh, I almost forgot. Own to Viserys' two missing fingers. Rip little fingers. Aww. Pun intended. At Missy's Castle DR1, Lionel Strong actually giving sound advice to his king like it's part of his job or something. At Black Man Madness 317, owned Elaine or Valerian who said, woo, while riding sea smoke and burning men alive. <laughs> who amongst us hasn't dreamed doing that? So true. At Hugo Cast, owned to Targaryen Royal Air Force for being the first ones to bring death from above. At Democracy Diva, owned to the basic-ass stag who might not fulfill any prophecies, but still got a Targaryen king to sniff a handful of his still-warm poo. A true power move. <laughs> and now we move on to Instagram. First up, we have Curtis Moore, owned to Sir Hugh of the Vale. We finally found a reason he didn't have time to talk to Jory Castle was because he was busy leading a triple life as himself, Jason Lannister, and Tyland Lannister. My own goes to the Imperial Measurement System. 35 stone is... How? What? what a- the search term for that went up insanely. Oh, yeah. I thought about looking that up yeah. while so we were watching else. it. Yeah. So did everybody okay. else. <laughs> like, what is 35 stone? Oh, my God. The chart. Yeah, it Alec absolutely sent spikes. Us a chart. It's yeah. awesome. Um, next, we get from our fave, May Journey in Art. Thanks for uh, <laughs> Thanks sending for us a correction. <laughs> uh, that so was it's sweet M. Jernigan Art. Yeah. We're going to forget that next week. Um, but I'm we not like going to forget May. it. I'm going to keep reminding Hannah how to say your name. May says, own to sea smoke, baby. All that, just for that short of an own? Worth it. All right, May. We'll see. You'll make your next one. I like the succinct, but if we're going to bring up your name every time, give us a few paragraphs. J Long, 4444222, got to be Lanor and Sea Smoke, winning the Step Zones and being a badass. Lauren Maselli, Damon. That's it. That's the own. The Almighty Sound, owned Jason for earning the title of the Thirstiest Lannister of, of all the Seven Kingdoms. I'm giving that to someone else in this episode, but I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> um, a Steely, I think this is the funniest own of the week. Owned of Viserys for getting <laughs> trashed by himself in the corner of, at his own party. Dot, dot, dot. Same. Yes. <laughs> Riles the Lion, owned to Sea Smoke for badassery, owned to Damon for taking... Own a sea smoke for badassery and own a Damon for taking some for the team. Yeah. Also, own of the White Heart for revealing themselves to the true heart of House Targaryen. Mark's Cayley, own to Jason Lannister's actor for sounding eerily like Peter Dinklage, mm. and own to sea smoke for swooping in to save the day out of nowhere. Hashtag Dragon Rider, hashtag Targaryen Blood. Curse More Official's first own was to sea snake for, sorry, sea smoke for his work on the grill during the hashtag crab boil. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Lord Commander Tom Snow owned Jason Lannister for just being a guy in Westeros mm-hmm. named Jason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kate Smith, Kate Smithson Wiley. Sorry if I wasn't right. 
Own to Prince Hagen for having the least boring two-year-old birthday party ever. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Holy crap. When Rainier was like, I don't remember my two-year-old birthday party, and he's not going to remember it either. Yeah, Rainier, well, it's about everyone else, okay? Circle East 3, Rainiera walking back to camp covered in blood like a boss. Shayna leafed Matt Smith for showing up in the final minutes, not saying a word, and still owning the episode. Dolce Harajuku owned to Little Egan. Well, that was good. How'd you read that one so well? (laughs) (laughs) I was looking scared and you just banged that one out. Go on. Owned to Little Egan. Poor kid had the worst birthday party ever. P94 at home. Seeing the white heart reminded me of a legendary animal from Red Dead Redemption 2. Amy 4 owned to Damon for the ultimate sitch to the crab dude. Crab sent his whole army for one man. Mrs. Duncan the Tall owned to Dark Sister. She get bloodied. Sorry, sorry she got bloodied. And owned to Venera for letting the albino Baratheon go free. <laughs> Selduin owned to Dark Sister's Edge. Is it Crab Peter or is it Cake? Oh my gosh. Uh, Benjamin Adgate owned Lanor screaming his head off. And Ma Peach's Natural Black People. The joy I felt in my soul being represented heart heart. And that's it for our owns this week. Our email isn't working so if you sent us an email this week we're so sorry (laughs) we'll get to them next week but if you want to send in your owns if you want to answer any of your questions if you want to send in your thoughts or any hilarious memes that you're coming across throughout the week you can do that in a couple different ways you can find us on instagram on Twitter by searching for Game of Owns, or you can send us an email when it's back up to contact at Game of Owns dot com. I swear. <laughs> um, yeah, so Sunday, um, King of the Narrow Sea. King We've of the Narrow We've been waiting for this sea. moment for a while. Um, I hope that they really appreciated what looked like a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You just gave me a look like, are we starting the episode over again? No, I know. <laughs> Like, it's so hot in my closet yeah, right it's now. It's very hot. It's very hot. We're using your computer with a fan this time, though, so. Hopefully it's all okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it seemed like he thought he was going on a solo mission, and they did the original plan in the first place. They probably didn't even tell him about it, which is so convenient, um, which was to basically have someone be a, a flesh offering to pull the little crab right, out of this right. cave like you would get a crab out in the first place. And so maybe even Vayman it's going to be like, this is our guy. Uh-huh. After that thing, it's actually all over and we got to we fight won. and we made friends while we were doing it. He's like, I was fighting back to back with Corliss and all of a sudden we were like, you know what? It's not so bad being you. And he's like, it's not so bad being you. <laughs> uh, and maybe in that energy, they were like, Damon's the man and he's going to be able to get the most PR for this whole thing. So let's put a crown on his head. Right. And so it's not going to be like, uh, I... I thought it might have been, judging by the way that they talk about him, other people talk about him, not Corliss. Corliss always seems like he's putting it on about Damon. And, like, no one really believes it. Maybe he doesn't either. But maybe this is, like, honestly him getting crowned for real They're by these guys. Buds after now, that fight, yeah. through some stuff. Yeah. So that will be cool to see. I'm and really I, looking forward to seeing I didn't watch the trailer, and neither did Hannah. So we don't know all the other spoilers that you guys are telling us about. I don't know who hooks up with who. <laughs> all right? And I don't know if they talk in High Valyrian while they're doing it. If they're whispering High Valyrian <laughs> oh, to each other on. while they're doing it. Yeah. I, I don't know that. These are your own, like, fantasies. <laughs> I don't know if that happens. I guess we'll just have to find out on Sunday night. So... Yeah, Hannah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, we'll see you guys on Sunday. I can't freaking wait for episode four. We're deep in the game now. 